Welcome to the Apologia Podcast, the audio-only archive of the Apologia YouTube channel. Note that some content was designed to go with visuals, but the imagination can be a powerful thing. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider giving it a 5-star rating on the podcast app you're using now to help us reach more people. Or, since this endeavor is ad-free, consider going a step further and supporting us for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash But for now, let's get to the episode. Posted September 16, 2019, titled, Why I Am Not a Christian. Welcome to Apologia, where a former Christian takes a look at the claims of Christians. It was nearly three years ago when I posted this channel's very first YouTube video, deliberately provocatively titled, Ken Ham Made Me an Atheist. In it, I speak about the first domino to fall for me in coming to leave my Christian faith, abandoning young earth creationism. But like for many people who deconvert, the first domino merely sets off a discovery process, something more akin to a Rube Goldbrick contraption than a straight line to a final domino. The journey to the destination is windy and varied. In the end, the specific first domino is almost irrelevant. Recently, well-known Christian apologist Dr. William Lane Craig made some wildly speculative and inaccurate assumptions about my personal faith journey. And while his guesses were irresponsible, it occurred to me that I haven't actually made public a more comprehensive general view of where I currently sit on the proposition of Christianity that Dr. Craig might have been able to use as a more accurate reference. This is something I will try to remedy today. Hopefully this summary will clear up some confusion and be of some help to Christians and non-Christians alike in some way in examining their own views. Now, before you start cracking your knuckles to get ready to respond and refute what I'm about to say, please know in advance that this video is not intended to include robust defenses of highly nuanced arguments. I'm going to be laying out my current positions and conclusions, along with maybe a sentence or two to clarify. This brevity in no way reflects the extensive researching that went into my consideration on each topic separately. I've made longer videos detailing some of these issues, and I intend to go into depth on others in the future. Please see my back catalog if any specific topic sparks your interest. Also, this needn't become a discussion about whether I ever really was a Christian. Whatever I was. I think we can all agree that I'm not one now, and leave it at that. All that said, let's get into it. The 5 Main Reasons Why I Am Not a Christian In No Particular Order Number 1. God is Unnecessary while science has not definitively discovered all the keys to the pivotal points in history that led to you watching this video, and certainly won't in my lifetime, I have become convinced that the natural material world has potential answers sufficient to explain them. The universe, at least our particular instantiation of space-time, began with an expansion event known colloquially as the Big Bang. The concepts of before time, or causation itself without the benefit of time, may well be incoherent. Speculations beyond a beginning inevitably lead to an infinite regress, but in our observable universe, energy cannot be created nor destroyed. So if we must conclude that something is eternal, then energy is a prime candidate, and we know that energy exists. At some point, chemicals gave rise to life. In labs, chemicals spontaneously form amino acids. Amino acids are the building blocks of proteins. Ribonucleic acid, RNA, self-replicates, and is a reasonable precursor to DNA. The combinations best at replicating replicate the most, with mutations offering up new candidates each generation. And so we have biological diversity. Philosophical foundations like uniformity and reality are mere axioms in any worldview. Logic, mathematics, and natural laws are descriptive, 
not prescriptive. What we experience as our choices are in fact neuroprocesses governed by biochemistry and external stimuli. Consciousness is an emergent property of brain cells, much as wetness emerges when enough water molecules gather. The extent to which humans agree on morality, what actions ought be taken, is precisely the extent to which they first agree on outcomes, an agreement that routinely converges at the point of purely biological imperatives of reducing harm and maximizing well-being. These are not solved problems, but it was a hard lesson to finally accept that the discomfort of we don't know is superior to the comfort of artificial certainty. But that said, I see no gaps in understanding that the natural and material cannot at least plausibly bridge. No area of study falsified by the supernatural. No mystery without reasonable hypothesis. As far as I can tell, the natural is entirely sufficient to explain what is. Second, God is not evident. That the natural is sufficient does not imply that the natural is all that there is. For example, a deity that created the initial conditions for the universe and then walked away would be indistinguishable to us from a cosmos with no deity at all. When I was a believer, I experienced many things that I attributed to God at the time. But in hindsight, I've come to realize that such experiences are psychological and commonly replicated across all religions and even non-religious activities. The word dance of the purely philosophical arguments for a deity can sound compelling, until the point of smuggling in an assumption is identified, and then they are like watching a magician after you know the trick. I'm still waiting for solid evidence of a miracle that is somehow distinguishable from mere low probability. Maybe an amputee growing back a limb. I am unimpressed that oxygen-deprived brains produce strange experiences for the nearly dead. Despite my desperate search, I have not found the so-called evidence for God to uniquely point to a deity of any kind, nor to be personally compelling even cumulatively. Third, the Bible is not reliable. I'm not concerned with the transmission and the tens of thousands of textual variants found in manuscripts. I'm not concerned with places where a plain reading of the Bible conflicts with what we know of the natural world, nor am I concerned with apparent contradictions in the text that poke at the idea of inerrancy. I am concerned with the origins of the 66 individual books. The first five books were certainly not written by Moses, as tradition holds, but are rather an amalgamation of at least four other books, which in turn were cobbled together from other sources, the oral tradition of Israelites, and even legends of neighboring communities. The Gospels are anonymous works based on decades-old urban legends passed by word of mouth. The names Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John attached only centuries later to lend authenticity. Only six of the letters from Paul are commonly thought to be written by historical Paul. The rest are forgeries as are all of the works attributed to illiterate Peter and John. And these are not fringe positions, but rather the consensus of modern Christ-affirming scholars and some ancient ones alike, and taught in Christ-affirming colleges to men who proceed to hide these challenges from their congregations. I am concerned that Jewish, Christian, and secular historians alike doubt that the figures of Noah, Moses, Job, David, Solomon, and many others even existed in history, at least not in a form we would recognize nor that there was ever a Jewish exodus from Egypt. I am not impressed that occasional archaeology matches the names of places in the Bible. The existence of New York does not affirm the existence of Spider-Man. Abraham Lincoln's visage on a coin does not affirm his after-hours hobby as a vampire hunter. It is the events, not the locations, that need affirmation. The supernatural claims of the Bible have not been affirmed. Fourth, biblical prophecy is illusory. In order for me to consider something a fulfilled prophecy, it would need to be 
made clearly and demonstrably prior to the events predicted, intended to be a prediction, be a specific non-mundane claim, fulfilled by a single, clear, verifiable occurrence, not open to interpretation, not be something people are actively working to fulfill. This is a very reasonable minimal standard. Of the hundreds of alleged fulfilled prophecies in the Bible, all miss the mark on multiple points. The supposed Jesus fulfillments tend to be the worst of all, as it is clear that the authors of the gospel are actively massaging their narratives and even inventing events in order to connect the dots. No differently than when the writers of Avengers Endgame deliberately connected their story to previously released movies. The New Testament is a sequel, not a fulfillment. And finally, the resurrection of Jesus is not evident. One and only one person in history both told us their name and claimed to see Jesus alive. And that was Paul of Tarsus, who definitely didn't see Jesus until long after the reported ascension to heaven, who describes his interactions with Jesus as out-of-body visions and whose companions didn't see what he saw. Whatever Paul experienced, it was not a physical Jesus three days after death. The Gospels are the source of the main claims about Jesus' resurrection, but as mentioned earlier, they are not eyewitness accounts. They show clear signs of embellishment over time, and include hyperbolic details that are discounted as non-historical even by scholars who earn a living defending the Bible. The only non-Gospel evidence offered is some variant of the claim that first century people believed that Jesus rose. Of course, I don't doubt that some people believed it. People believe false things all the time. The apocryphal notion that eyewitnesses died saying that they saw resurrected Jesus cannot remotely be supported by historical fact, as Christian authors on the subject will readily attest. In 1 Corinthians 15.14, Paul wrote, If Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. On this I agree, and we cannot affirm that Jesus was raised. And that's why I don't believe. In short, I am simply not convinced that it is true. If I were convinced, I'd be a Christian. As this video is the intellectual equivalent as jumping ahead to the last page of a long book, presenting just the final summary of complicated conclusions, it may have sounded like a string of assertions, but I've sought and I've studied the best arguments against what I've said, or I wouldn't have had the confidence to say it. I lived the start of my life just accepting what authorities told me, and I refuse to live the rest of my life that way. Nor should you. In the description and in my video catalog, you can start checking my work. If you're a Christian, you likely disagree with every sentence I said. In fact, your house of cards of belief likely require you to. But is it possible that I'm wrong about every single thing? Have you personally investigated all the topics I've talked about? Not just accepted the authority of your parent, pastor, teacher, or Christian YouTube channel, but actually looked at the best arguments on both sides without a preconceived notion you're wanting to affirm? If not, your faith is borrowed, not your own. How many of these things would I have to be right about? How many cards can be removed before the house of Christianity falls? If you value what is true, then I encourage you to examine each one. Truth cannot be harmed by facts. It's the only way to be sure. That said, as part of my intellectual honesty, I'm always open to new information and the changes to my conclusion that that might bring. I never want to stop learning. So if you think I've missed something, this is important. Please let me know. If you're new to the channel, one way to continue challenging yourself would be to tap the subscribe button so that you'll be notified when I put out new videos exploring these topics in depth. 
Examination is important whether you agree with me or whether you do not. This is the only life that we know we get. Use it in the best way you know how. Don't wait around for a bonus life that may never come. I hope you found this useful. Until next time, later. Later.